Craft Beer Radio, episode 268, on November 9, 2013. Uh, 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 uh. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we want candy. That was a pretty uh, pretty good in for a cold in, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we are drinking a bunch of crafties today. These are beers that technically are not craft beers because none of them are owned by small enough companies. Small American companies, yeah. So, well, I mean, it doesn't have to be American beer craft, right? But uh, yeah, these are either owned by Duval or owned by uh, ABM. Um, oh my gang is. Not Duval, right? It's, uh... I should know this. Why don't I know this? Oh, my gang is owned by... I'll look it up. Maybe it is Duval. I, I thought it was Duval. Maybe I'm just... Yeah, okay. So, let's get on to a beer while my brain fart. Instead of drawing more attention to that. Let's do the Tank yes, 7 Farmhouse Ale from Boulevard Brewing. Now, I asked Greg, what if these beers were purchased prior to the acquisition? Because <laughs> this, this is a beer from Eric. We talked about Eric, mm-hmm. who sent us uh, beers last week. And this one was purchased in August again. So, um, Before Duval acquired Boulevard. I think so. I'm right. not sure exactly the timing yeah. on that, but... Uh, but you know, if you were to buy one now, unless you had one in your fridge, <laughs> you know, so, okay. So this is their tanks. Oh, my whole fridge. It's like, um, in star Wars when, um, Elderon gets blown up, right. And like all the beers in your fridge just change from craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> There's a disturbance in the force. This is their tank seven farmhouse hail. It's available year round, uh, 38 IBUs, 8.5% alcohol by volume. And... It is malted with pale and mal- pale malt and malted wheat, adjuncted with corn flakes, hopped with Magnum Bravo and Amarillo hops. Beer is a golden color, very cloudy, hazy, fluffy head, fairly thick. Got about a half inch ahead on mine. It was a little bit higher when I first poured it. Kind of like shaving cream. It's very puffy. So this is uh, the reason why they call it Tank Seven is because apparently Tank Seven is their uh, experimental brewer, or their experimental tank, the one that has the uh, that that always comes out funky. <laughs> it's an experimental tank, but this is a year-round beer, so mm-hmm. not so much experimental anymore. They have fermenter number seven, the black sheep of their cellar family. They say okay, so. So, yeah, it's smelling um, a, a decent amount of hoppiness on it. It smells actually kind of like a Belgian pale. Mm-hmm. But at the, at the end, there's that uh, that sort of uh, barnyard-adjacent note. Yeah, there's um, a couple things going on in the nose. A little bit of the hops, like you said. It's kind of like a continental hop, a little bit spicy. There's... Um, uh, maltiness that's kind of leading towards um, a sweet caramel type, almost like a 
I'm going to think like a, a glazed bread crust or something like that, you know, something a little bit sweeter on it. And then, um, yeah, kind of like a donut. Mm-hmm. And then it goes and you, yeah, you know, you said, you said barnyard adjacent. It's just, there's just a little bit of, um, spicy, you know, like a phenolic or something like that. You know, it's not too sour, not too leathery or anything, at least for me in the aroma, it's just a touch spicy, a little phenolic. It, it's so hard to to nail down what that is. I mean, because leathery is, is going a little bit too far, but it's definitely it's not it's 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 just a slight funk. Oh, yum! I just took my first sip and it sits on your tongue. It's a little tangy and tart, and then it goes and turns into this bright citrusy, yeah, orange lemon type flavor. And then after that, it gets a little bit sweeter. You're getting a little bit of um, like a rock candy type like character, maybe a touch of, of toffee or something like like a taffy, like a, almost like one of those flavors of saltwater taffy, you know, maybe like a lemony one or something like that. But as the sweetness comes through, there's a, there's a very nice progression. One yeah. sip gives you a lot to think yeah. about. Starts out with, with, like Jeff said, a sort of a bitter greeny hop, a little bit resiny. The, the bright thing comes in later and then it, it ends uh, almost um, it ends kind of dry almost like if you finish if you were to eat something salty mm-hmm. um, you know it sort, of, it, it, it sort of feels like the moisture has gone to your mouth and, and, and a little bit of phenolic is left over it's like a salt cod or something like that <laughs> or, or, a, or a sardine um And I don't mean to imply it's mm-hmm. fishy. It just um, those are things that come to mind. Something that that really draws the moisture out. That's so good. It really is <laughs> very good. It's got a lot of. Uh, <laughs> Your computer just went blank. Oh, that's not. Oh, I rebooted. So I screensaver. Oh. Uh, the whole don't go into screensaver got turned well, off. We are also recording this on the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Had a uh, problem with the pre-show where um, only got I don't know about ten fifteen minutes got cut off when I was saving the show. Um, my recording program crashed. Came back up, tried to recover it, but it was only you know the first two thirds or so. So I'm kind of paranoid. So we're recording in two places at once now. Just to have a backup. A little bit of behind the scenes, sort of uh, how the how the sausage is made. Yeah, my, my computer's running the new OS X Mavericks, and the software's not updated, so I'm worried that there's something unhappy between those two things, mm. so that's why I'm doing the backup recording. Mm. It's, um... So, what, what's that first thing? Because the first thing is, is a little, uh... Is, yeah, the... is different from, than, than the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of spinachy, right? I mean, it has this really... Really green and slightly bitter note. Maybe it's it's uh it's some sort of green mustard greens or something. I mean, I'm just thinking. Yeah. It has... See, I wasn't going to go that direction. No, I was going to say, you know, it tastes like uh, it has wheat, wheat tea type, but it's also this dusty. Um, uh, it feels like I'm like in a barn or something, you know, with like some straw, some dust, you know, that's kind of 
So it is, I guess it's kind of barnyard, right? But not, not the animals, not the animals at all. It's, it's an yeah, agricultural yeah. farm that we're on here. To, to me, and maybe it's just because, you know, I've been recently exploring different greens. So right. I'm getting some, some bitter green notes out of this. And I think the hops are what's really contributing to that because like Jeff said, the, you know, the wheat's there. And I, and I think that if you, tr- if you go looking for it, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, uh, my palate drift is right now on the right, on right. the green side, so I'm picking up those bitter notes. And then right after that dusty wheat part, it goes right into a tang, but it's before it gets really citrusy. Um, trying to figure out how to describe that. It's a bit lemony, but it's more the the acidity where like the fruit part comes in as a distinct flavor flavor to me later. And I think the flavor on that is, I, I, I'm not going to say it's interesting. I'm actually going to go see see if you agree with me. It's it's a little bit peach like. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. And um, and that sort of brings in the the, the extra sweetness and, uh-huh. and takes the bitterness away. It's, it's funny. Um, I just wasn't imagining a peach or stone fruit or anything like that. As soon as you said it, it's like that's exactly what it tastes yeah. like. It tastes exactly like a peach, one that's probably just a day short of being ripe it's just a little bit harder mm-hmm. than than you know the perfect succulent peach. yeah yeah and then it just sort of tapers off and gets drier and drier and drier mm-hmm. so really an interesting beer uh i think uh i think a pretty pretty <laughs> it's, damn it's a one. wonderful beer yeah this is the tank seven farmhouse from boulevard this is uh best by um four nine of next year. Yeah, four nine fourteen. And this is a, of course again thanks to Eric. Mm-hmm. Eric from Kansas City for sending us this. This is wow. This is pretty dang good. You blurted out a wow. It's been a while since we've had a wow beer. I think the the whole we've we've it's been a while since we've We've used those. Yes, I know, but you just—I don't think—I don't think, I don't think <laughs> that blurting out "wow" anymore means "wow" beer. And also, I think that some of the "wow" beers we've had in the past probably wouldn't measure up to some of the beers that we haven't called "wow" beers. No, no. Recently, it's, 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 so, I'm not saying it's a consistent measure, but you did just say "wow." <laughs> yeah, but I would say "wow" about lots of things. Okay. Let's see. These are darker. These are lighter. We do this one next. This is Matilda, Belgian style pale ale from Goose Island. We can get Goose Island here in Pittsburgh finally. They put it in here for maybe a year now, so it's not new, new to us. But this so, is definitely my first bottle of Matilda that I've purchased here in town. Matilda is now, I'm not sure whether they're wholly owned by AB and Bev. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or Matilda, Goose Island, I should say. So they kind of split Goose Island production brewery and whatnot is wholly owned by ABM Bev, but there's still the Goose Island pubs, which are not. But uh, so this is interesting because this is probably the direction that AB is going to go with craft beer is not trying to make any of their. Michelob line or anything like that into craft beer anymore, but just push it out through Goose Island, already a very well-respected brewery. 
and pro- and buy other breweries. Yeah, and buy other craft breweries. It's interesting uh, avenue. We will see whether you know it's, that it's leads. a common avenue in the tech industry. Yeah, buying startups and whatnot. So as far as we know, that what happens at Goose Island itself hasn't changed. In fact, uh, they have it's slightly more secure because they get their you know they had their yeast and stuff produced by uh, the St. Louis Brewery, and they have it all backed yeah, up. Bush St. Louis Brewery, yeah, because Schlafly is also known as St. Louis Brewery, right? <laughs> so, so it depends on which circle you're in and whether what yeah. the St. Louis Brewery means. Yeah, I mean, I mean the St. Louis Brewery at Anheuser-Busch, so. So Matilda is a Belgian-style pale ale, 7% alcohol by volume, 26 IBUs, hopped with Super Styrian, Styrian Golding, and Zotz, malted with two-row caramel and candy sugar. Take a whiff on this before it volatilizes out too much. I don't know I got what Super in- Styrian is compared to Styrian Golding. Just a different variety. I don't know much about it. So I took a sniff right out of the bottle, like and blue cheese. Yeah, getting blue cheese. I mean, there's pretty something hefty, funky on Pretty there. hefty blue cheese aroma. I don't smell it now, but I did the first time out and second time. No, I still get a little bit. Yeah, I definitely get there's it. something pretty funky on in this one. I don't remember Matilda being this funky. This is, also we should say, this is in a 750 milliliter bottle. Um, I know it comes in different sizes. This doesn't say Matilda Reserve or anything like that, but... Well, here we go. Pale Ale Refermented with Britannomyces. Oh! Well, that changes things, doesn't it? I don't... I've had Matilda not a bunch of times, but at least four or five times. And I don't remember it ever being... Bready. I don't know. Maybe I had new Matilda and never realized it. This was bottled um, April of this year. So this is Matilda Lambicus. That's what this must be. No. Because, because Brett it, wouldn't be Lambic, right? Because it's after primary fermentation with the Belgian ale yeast, Lambicus, uh, a secondary fermentation with bread and ice, Lambicus is carried out. Okay. So, yeah, the label doesn't say that at all, other than saying bread on the side here. Yeah. So let's so let's change our our movement. The, the stats are slightly different. Seven percent alcohol by volume again. Twenty five IBUs. Hop this time different hops. Pilgrim Zots and Styrian Golding, uh, malted with two row and C forty. Huh. Label's a little bit confusing. Doesn't say on the front. It just says Matilda in huge yeah. letters. Belgian style pale ale. So this is this is really interesting. This is uh, this was bottled on uh, April twenty thirteen. And hmm, well, there we go. It's not the same old Matilda. No, it is not. This is Matilda Lambicus. Biggest stickus. <laughs> All right. So that explains the funk, because mm-hmm. Brett will. So yeah, when we were thinking blue cheese, but now now we have our nose adjusted for Brett. And you can no, see those. To me, it's still blue cheese. It's still a, a big cheesy. Nose yeah, but I, I can get that slight. I don't know if it's it's a slight bright note outside of just the blue cheese. Sure. Okay. I mean, for me, it, it it's oh, this is intentional, not yeah, 
messed up or also I'm not going crazy and I do remember what Matilda normally tastes like so that's cool let me adjust the notes I have on this sucker <laughs> because yeah the the nose is a lot stinkier than the flavor I take a sip of this thing get uh, a little bit of malt but has a big cherry type flavor to it and it finishes very clean there's a quick finish on this and it doesn't linger it doesn't leave any kind of big funky aftertaste or anything there's not much aftertaste at all it kind of just cleans off your palate I'm still going through the motions. Yeah, cherry, a little bit of watermelon. Hmm. It's not as clean as as, as a Tank 7. The Tank 7 really kind of, it, it felt like it sort of scrubbed you clean and then left really? you dry. I thought, this gives okay. you a little bit, it, it's slightly, uh, I only had one sip, so, so bear with me. Let me get another sip in. I thought the Tank 7 lingered for a while and gave you some great, you know, after... It did, it did, but to... when it was all done, okay, it was gone. Whereas this leaves a slight... Um, I'm not going to say chalky, because chalky isn't quite the, quite the right word. But it's close. It, it leaves it just sort of a slight sort of film feeling of... Um, of just a little bit of that of that fruitiness... Stand behind. Not necessarily sweetness, but fruitiness. Hmm. There's some other fruits going on. I'm getting a touch of strawberry. Not super ripe, but, you know, kind yeah. of a whitish strawberry. A rhubarb. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Got a little nutmeg in there. Oh, yeah? And... Oh, I think part of the reason that I said strawberry was kind of like the acidity on the beer. It's kind of like a strawberry juice type, yes. type acidity. Yes. We got some nutmeg or cinnamon or clove or something. Something phenolic going on. Some kind of... Some spicy component. Hmm. Hmm. So a little bit of... You know what? You know what the 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 end is. It, it's a little strawberry jello. Okay, jello, huh? Yeah. What what makes you say jello? The feeling of a slight, um, just like I said, sort of a film, kind of like a mm-hmm. gelatin. Okay. With with uh, with a vaguely fruity taste. Without, so it doesn't feel like oh, it's just. A, a, a film of guh. It, it's just like it's slightly sticking with this fruity note. Now, when you say strawberry jello, you don't mean literally strawberry artificial flavored jello. No, you, no. Mean, you mean that kind of strawberry we described earlier? Yes. Made into an artificial jello. jello. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, okay. All right. Well, when you but you said strawberry jello, I just wanted to make sure. Just just trying to make it uh... so make sure you didn't mean the bright red stuff. <laughs> I don't know. There might be a, a slight component of that, but but if it's there, it's it's there's a lot more complex flavors mm-hmm. than that. So, 
don't know. You've had Matilda before. I, you, you, I don't remember it. You say I didn't like it that much. This is... Yeah, you are this not, I like. You were not a fan of Matilda. Th- this I like. This is uh, really interesting. I would say that the Tank 7 is more interesting. Tank 7 is Tank more... 7 told more of a story every yeah. sip. I mean, this yeah. is also a very good beer, but the Tank 7, it went through four or five different... Chap or uh, iterations, acts, yeah, four or five different acts for each sip. Where this one's kind of like a two, two act, you know, two little. You get the fourth flavor, the mm-hmm. aft flavor, and it's kind of the same thing. Where the uh, tank seven, you got several, many things going on. This is a bottle where you need the old style xylus because there's a much narrower yeah. neck on it. the The new style xyluses won't close with this kind of bottle. All right, so that was the Goose Island of Matilda. With reformatting with Brett. So well, one other. Well, I would like to say speaking of Xylus. Speaking of Xylus. If you would like to help us out, if you would like to do something to help contribute to the show, the best way to do that is to purchase something on Amazon.com. But remember, Amazon.com is broken. It doesn't work anymore. The only way you can access Amazon.com is to go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Once you do that, you shop on Amazon like normal, your prices will all be the same, and believe it or not, you'll help the show by doing it. Yeah, we get about six, six and a half percent of your purchase. Um, that's that's money that comes out of Amazon's pocket and goes into ours. So we really appreciate it. Just remember when you go Amazon shopping, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Uh, we recommend purchasing xyluses, of course. Uh, if you if you want to find those, we recommend these uh uh, Spielgott glasses that we yeah. drink out of. On our website, there's a little Craft Beer Radio Amazon store with Craft Beer Radio approved items. Ting! And uh, both those items are on there. And uh, some other things. Uh, I, I'm not drawing a blank on what those are at the moment, but there's some other items that, that we like that are great for drinking beer. Uh, and, you know, if you're thinking that, that we're, oh, Oh, Spielgall must be paying you guys. They're not. We wish they were. And if you're thinking that, oh, you guys must be getting a huge markup on these. No, we get about a buck if you <laughs> buy them. So, um, so we're just recommending them because we think they're awesome. We think you'll like them too. But also buy all your other stuff on Amazon.com through CraftyRadio.com slash Amazon. Uh, and like you said, doesn't doesn't cost you anything. It really helps us out. And if you you know, the more you buy, the more you help us out. And you can do it without even thinking. Next time you're looking for a communication satellite, buy it on craftbeer.com slash Amazon. Yes. You can also donate money through PayPal, and there's a link on our website for us if you want to be a subscribing member and help support us every month. All right, thanks. All right, what's next? What's next? We got one of the light beers, so we'll also stick with that, and that is the Long Strange Triple from Boulevard. Or, yeah, Boulevard. Something said blurred, blurred, <laughs> blurred. So uh, instead of long strange trip, because it has that sort of seventies mm-hmm. yep. uh, acid iconography, it's long strange triple Belgian style triple. Excuse me, nine point two percent alcohol by volume. This is a high alcohol by volume show. I think the the lowest has been eight so far, and it's not going to get any lower based on what's coming next so the uh, the first two boulevards are smaller bottles we are this boulevard and then the the tank seven 
Let's see, how many ounces is this bottle? Oh, it's a 12-ounce bottle. I thought maybe it was like 11-2 or something like that, but they're actually 12 ounces. Is it both 12 ounces? Just, they're shaped different. Are yeah. they both? No, they are the same shape. They're the same shape. I just thought they were like 11-2s or something. They cause... look like, yeah, they look like 330 milliliters. Yeah. But they're not. They're 12 ounces. They just have a very low shoulder. They have a Belgian type, a Belgian-looking bottle. So this is malted with pale malt, Munich, malted wheat, and flaked oats. It is adjuncted with dextrose, and it has magnum and the Styrian golden hops. So, you know, you would expect there to be um, Belgian candy sugar. Yeah, I mean, that's what the dextrose is, right? Yeah. That, that, that formation of sugars is what the candy sugar is. Now, whether they added hard candy sugar, syrup, whatnot... Does, the yeast don't really care, right? It's it's going to ferment either the same way. <laughs> Sometimes our headphone monitors are more sensitive than the on the podcast. Yeah, so it's we'll true. see if anyone can we'll hear those can bubbles hear that. popping. If that, but to to us, we can definitely hear that popping. Like I said, nine point two percent alcohol by volume, twenty three IBUs. Beer is somewhat clear, but you can see all these little clumps of yeast floating. Or, um, yeah, in suspension. They're suspension. Sort of... They're not like they're not rising. They're not sinking, or they're very slowly sinking. If anything, but it's it's like Greg used that gelatin thing comment earlier. This looks like if you don't shake this beer, it looks like a gelatin with that stuff just floating there. And there's some nucleation stuff on the glass, so I see bubbles sort of flying past them, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think we talked about this on the show, but we um. You know, we were out at GABF, we were at Falling Rock, and Falling Rock Tap House uses the Spiegelau snifters for yes, most is. of their beers. So I talked with Chris, the owner, and I'm like, Don't, you know, I was surprised. I, I like, We love the glass. I could, I would never thought I'd seen it used in a bar, especially in a nutso bar like Falling Rock during GABF week. Yeah. And he says they're re- they really don't break that much. And where they do break, the stems break off, like right. a couple that we have, right? The bowls don't aren't that fragile. I mean... So there you go. It's, it's you know it's a ten dollar beer glass, twenty dollars for the pair that you have to buy. We recommend them, and they're good we, enough for falling. We think rack. they're worth it. We 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 think that they they improve the beer. But My, if you just I, and I'll repeat it again, if you just have shaker pints, that's fine too. I differ my opinion slightly. You really owe it to yourself to try one of these. Mine poured with a really thick head, very tight head. But when I sniffed it you know, up until now, all I could get was that that zingy CO2, you know, zing on your nose. Let me see if I can actually get beer flavors. Triple's one of my uh, one of my CBR stories in the sense that I don't think I really liked them very much at the beginning, and now I really do enjoy a good triple. Uh, it took me a while to to, to adjust to. I guess it's kind of the the, the sweetness and and, mm-hmm. and brightness, and to also understand that um, usually when you drink them, you're not it, it it isn't as sweet and bright as it as it tastes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're getting a, a lot of interesting complexity and and really interesting fullness from the beer that uh, that I think you initially might be put off from, but they they really are good beers that that I uh, am now a, a full fledged fan of. The um the lacing on this glass is insane. Tilting the glass, 
and turning it to, to open up the surface area so we can smell it better. And just the way the foam clings to the glass, it, it it's almost a solid band of foam, and then it starts breaking away at the top. All right, so <laughs> let's see. How can I describe this? It's a little bit of a... It's kind of a spice... It's spicy. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, let's do some spicy licorice. Okay. So one thing I was... I'm, I'm bouncing this off you. I'm not sure, but what I think I smell is kind of like a shortbread cookie or a butter cookie or something like that. I can... I can smell some fusel notes. I'm not smelling anything too hot or, you know, boozy. No acetone. I'm not smelling acetone. Right. But I smell something that, that is, is faintly reminiscent of just like a... Like, you know, if you were to put a bottle of rubbing alcohol right next to me. Yeah, I don't smell too much boozy. But then again, I don't have a ton to say about what I am smelling, so I want to go into the flavor. There's a big malt beginning, and it even fortifies itself in the middle there. Mm. Oh, yeah, it does. You're really. You're right on. And um, let's see. So I'm working on describing the flavors there. Mm. Mm. It's kind of... Kind of melony. Okay, there's a little bit of melon. I'm getting a little bit of like um, a cereal, like almost like a grape nuts or something. Just a touch of that. Like, like Not bad. I mean, yeah. grape nuts yeah. are barley, right? But I mean, for some reason, this tastes more like grape nuts than most beers, right? So... Hmm. Yeah, I like I like the great nuts. I think that uh, maybe even a little bit of cornflakes. Um, <coughs> there's mm. high carbonation level. That's yeah. what made me yeah. uh, cough right there. It tickled the back of my throat. Also, maybe English muffin. Hmm. And. English muffin with orange marmalade. Not quite feeling it on the orange part. It it doesn't quite hit me with with a whole lot of fruitiness. Yeah, well, the the orange wasn't the main thing. It was more yeah. of the sweetness, the sugariness, yeah. the marmalade yeah. part is yeah. really the more. I agree with you on the sweet on, on the sweetness, but yeah, the, the orange part. Is 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 not gay. So can you make just a sugar marmalade? I don't know. I don't know. What kind of jelly would you use? What kind of jelly would you describe this as? Can you make a cantaloupe marmalade? You may. You can do, probably do something like that. Cantaloupe. Hmm. <clears throat> close to the rind, I guess. Cantaloupe close to the rind. Yeah, it's not as as sweet as. There's, yeah, there's not. A, there's not a. Be. There's not a big melony flavor. Yeah. Really, just a touch, I guess. Hmm. That's interesting. It's a little one note, 
ish for a triple. It kind of just has that going for it, and it doesn't doesn't do much. It has a nice mouthfeel, uh, a, a pretty zingy carbonation, which I enjoy, and uh, a good malt presence with mm-hmm. decent sweetness. Works as a triple. Not the most complex triple I've ever had. Not the least complex triple I've ever had. Right. I mean, I'm enjoying it. It just I don't have a ton to say about it. Yeah. Um, we just. I mean, we we just had three pretty different beers that all had various mm-hmm. you know levels of complexity going on for them, right. mostly because of you know, how they were made and 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 the stuff that goes into right. them. And this is a more traditional beer so flight matters in this case and i think mm-hmm. we, we we're used to some pretty complex stuff going on and we're not getting that here i'm enjoying it though i just don't have a ton to say yeah it's it it's nice and drinkable it works um it's hiding its alcohol well even though oh, i yeah. smelled it a little bit i just got a so this is almost a loaded thing. I got a touch of pineapple, but like not the acidity, just the pineapple flavor. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yes, I can totally see that. It's coming around. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm just scared that the silence is making it a negative connotation. Uh, beers really come around. I'm enjoying it. It's just hard to talk about. The, we have to slightly untrain our tongues from what we've been tasting mm-hmm. before because, again, flight, it, it matters here, to taste the smaller bits here that are not quite as pronounced as what we were getting from the farmhouse stuff. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, Brett stuff or the farmhouse uh, component, this wild yeast work, a lot more pronounced in terms of the right. external flavors that, mm-hmm. that they were pushing out. Whereas here we're, we're getting stuff that's no, not, not quite the same kind of pronounced uh, excursions, but they're there. I, you I, just have to sort of, you have to, you have to jump in and run around with it and explore and you'll find them. I like how this beer is not too boozy. It's not too sweet. It's very drinkable for a triple. Yeah. I agree. It could be. I'm like. I don't like what I heard myself say. Very drinkable for a triple. What's that mean? You know, a triple's not drinkable. Does Jeff not like triples? Does he think they're substandard? Some triples tend to be not drinkable, either because they're very boozy or they're kind of cloyingly sweet in the mm-hmm. finish. And this is neither. So mm-hmm. it, I, I give it a thumbs up for that. Yeah, it's a really nice balance to take care of that, you know, extra additional dextrose. Since this one has the cherries added, I'm going to do this one. This is Sixth Glass Quadruple Ale, also from Boulevard. And also sent to us from by Eric. Caged and corked. Here we go. So, pop. That's a nice pop. Wow. Okay, so, uh, do they say quadruple on the label? Yep. So they call it a Belgian dark strong ale. Which is weird, because I would normally call it a strong dark, not a dark strong, but whatever, uh, on their website. But they say on the label, it's a quadruple. And they say in the description, are quadruple. <laughs> so who knows? So the description is just a layman's description 
Well, no, because they say style is oh, Belgian style. strong dark, but then there's okay. So then, then the description and the label are just marketing, whatever. <laughs> we'll see from the flavor. This so, was, um, I guess it's Best Buy October of 2014. It's batch number six one two three zero zero. Alcohol by volume is 10.5%. It is malted with pale malt, Cara 300, Munich, and malted wheat. Adjunct with dextrose brown sugar, dark brown sugar, and dark candy syrup. And it is hopped with magnum and steering golding. They love their steering goldings there at Boulevard, don't they? It's a, it's a good beer, or a good hop for Belgians. And it's 22 IBUs. Original gravity, 21.5 degrees Play-Doh. Terminal gravity, 2.6. This is named after a Hans Christian Andersen story. The Watchman of the Tower. Serve upright, store in proper glass. We're not serving Wait. in proper glass. Stir, serve upright, store store, store, <laughs> store upright, serve in proper glass. If that's not what I said. You know, um, alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to operate Nonsense. a car Nonsense. or machinery. That's what it says right here, man. So this bottle... Do you this believe one, everything they say in a bottle? <laughs> so this Belgian bottle has a wide enough neck that the new style Xylus works in there. Because mm. it's a 750 as well. Beer... Ooh, that's a pretty color. It's it's um let's go with chestnut for this one. That sounds like fun. Maybe a bit cher maybe cherry wood. Um it's brown but there's a nice red tint to it. The head is um has some small bubbles but some very big bubbles. It's it's a it's a it looks like a never mind. I was gonna try to be. I was gonna try to be witty there, and like <laughs> the analogy fell through. So uh-huh. I, I'm like, that's not gonna work. I'm just gonna put my tuck my tail between my legs and turn around and go home. Hmm, it smells like the cork. I don't know. Do you do you smell that? Like the beard just smell like cork to you? Not no. quite. Smells like a lot of brown sugar. Okay, so the second sniff smells a lot better. First sniff just smelled like stinky cork. Second sniff smelled like what you'd imagine: some brown sugar, some plums, some prunes, a bunch of dark fruit. One thing I'll note, it's interesting. Got a lot of high alcohol beers with with pretty pretty high uh carbonation. Mm-hmm. Don't wanna don't mean to embarrass you. Mm-hmm. But uh last week you were particularly gassy. Right. This week you're not, and we're drinking more. It's interesting. It was a little gassy a few minutes ago, but yeah, there's lots of burps going on last week. <laughs> this beer smell okay, so now I take back my cork statement. This beer smells wonderful. It's complex. There's a lot going on. It definitely is. Let's see. What what is going on? Because just saying it's complex and there's a lot going on doesn't help. Doesn't really tell you much. 
And I wish I wish we would abolish, even though it's it it, it works. I kind of want to abolish dark fruits because it just it doesn't. I mean, it, it doesn't tell the whole story. No, it's a starting point. It's a starting so point. let's start there, and let's let's divine our way in. Let's go in. Let's let's. So I mean, it's it's definitely sort of a a sweetened plum, like a, a plum sort of rolled around in brown sugar yeah. and then cooked to so, so it volatilizes. I'm getting a touch. Just oh, I hesitate to say this, but I think it's there. I'm getting like some chestnut or something as well. It's not nutty like a brown ale or anything, but right, a little bit right. of chestnut. There's some things that that I might consider like volatilizations of of like uh, roasted pecans. Okay. So I'm with you with nutty candied oranges, like uh, can you know some kind of like it definitely smells like a fruit cake, right? With all that. Yes. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But there's like candied orange or something going on. They're very sweet, with a little bit of. You know, maybe that citrus that's you know it's so toned down by you know being so saturated with the sugar. Yeah, but all the all the sweetness does smell like it's that um, you know it, it's that caramelized sweetness. Mm-hmm. It, it's a sweetness that has gone through uh, the uh, the Maillard reactions and has those extra dark elements to it. it smells so good. <laughs> All right, well, let's give it a sip here. This is the the Sixth Glass Quadruple Ale from Lord Brewing. Well, that's going to take some time to, to, to jump into because <laughs> there's a lot going on there. I get to take another sip to see if if my very first impression was right because something really interesting happened, but I don't know okay. whether that's a first sip thing or not. I'm gonna take three sips before I can figure out what's going on here. Happened again. Happened again. What is it? The very first, the very initial flavor. Is kind of a combination of the kind of carbon dioxide acidity mm-hmm. and grassiness. Grassiness, and then it goes into other stuff. The uh, deeper fruits. Nothing al- among the fruits says dark to me besides a, a a deep caramel sweetness. The fruits themselves are actually relatively mm-hmm. bright. I'm thinking sort of grapes. Uh, I'm thinking. Maybe a slight bit of sort of blueberry and uh, a little bit, a little tiny bit of lemon, weirdly enough. No, those are pretty good. I mean, those have been not directions I was thinking, but um, the blueberry, right? Because blueberry has that um, lots of skin, right? Not yeah. much not much volume inside, so you get a lot of that... Um, Tannic, or not really tannic, but um, I don't want to describe that. It's not pithy. Yeasty. It's, it's... Yeah, yeasty. And then, you know, you get a little bit of sweetness and can kind of be a little bit distilled. Uh, 
So that works well. Now I'm getting gassy now that you said that. It's all psychosomatic. Thank you. <laughs> glad Excuse to me. glad to push that along for you. Lemon, you know, there's a little bit there of acidity and lemon peel, I think, would be more particular. You know, get some lemon zest, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, lemon oil, right. Yeah, the mm-hmm. oil from from the skin. Right. Um, what was the other thing you said? It, it, it starts out sort of oh, uh, grassy. grassy and, and slightly acidic in, in, in a carbonic way. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. It's um, almost like... I want to say almost like a, a sage or something, but like mm. very, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. low on the the herbiness, right? Yes. It's like yeah. almost neutral, but just a little bit sagey and dry. I think you're right. I, I would support you with behind that totally. That goes away quick, and then see the, the sip I just took is a lot. I'm enjoying better than my first couple sips. First couple sips, it was the beer's remarkably dry. And it was tasting a little chalky for me, and I wasn't really able to dig into the, the sweet, luscious parts because the dryness was kind of scraping those away for me too quickly. Now, the sip I just took, I was able to actually taste some of that fruitcake flavors that I could smell but not taste in the first three sips. You know, so you're getting a little bit more of those candied fruits. You're getting some of that um, that brown bread, you know, the sweetened bread. You yes, know, you're getting some yes. of this stuff like that. Yeah, I haven't really talked about the malt much because I'm my mind, my. Uh, it's almost a given, right? Everyone knows that's there. My barometer is sort of is concentrating <laughs> on on the fruity aspects of it, which again, you know, as 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 trite and as overused as dark fruits are, I'm not getting dark fruits here. I'm not really getting a lot of that. I'm getting dark sugar mm-hmm. and a sweetness, but the fruity aspects are coming from bright fruits. Right. Candied bright fruits, but bright fruits nonetheless. Yes. Now, of course, no bris fruits are added. This is a yeast component. Mm-hmm. This is what Belgian yeasts do. They they add a lot of phenolic and estery components. That's why uh, they're so appreciated, and you know, and, and can be. Um, and aren't used in much beyond Belgian beers because they can add off notes to things. Like if you were to use a Belgian yeast in an IPA, you're 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 straddling a line. You have to be careful with it. But it's it's more and more common, yeah. and there's good examples of it. You if know. you use it in a porter, you're probably gonna have something really weird. And there are Belgian stouts, right? I mean, you got oh, obscure or what's that? Uh, Troubadours, Obscura, a few others. Not not as that hasn't really taken off as a not, style. Not like the Belgian IPAs yeah. have taken off as a style. We've talked about that where, you know, the first two that I tasted, you know, I pretty much said, you know, this Belgian IPA just is not a style for me when I've had the Oblong Schuf and the Uthra Hoppet. Um, but then, you know, I, brewers started learning how to make the style. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, you know, like Raging Bitch from Flying Dog. And then you know, I'm drawing a blank on others, but I know there's others that I like. And, uh, I, I, I think the now. trick is that you know breweries have you know th- there are some brewers who, who just do it mm-hmm. and are sort of you know blazing the path forward and they may, it may not work but there are things that they can pick out 
that they can maybe then use later and other people refine and and refresh those things. So I'm all for great, you know, approaching new things that way by combining things. And yeah, the first one may not work or may work enough to sell it, but not enough to to be a spectacular beer. But then you continue along that line. Brewers will find ways to make that into interesting things as long as they, you know, understand, as long as it it reminds me a lot of, of, of a chef and a chef Mm -hmm. will, you know, find a new food or a new combination and they'll try something and it may initially not totally work, but then they'll figure out ways to combine extra things and formulate their mechanics to actually have them work together very well. I warmed this beer up a lot for the last couple of sips, really cut my hands around the glass, probably got it up into the 60s, and I think it's where it needs to be. You know, it really opened up. It was a lot sweeter. Not too sweet, but, you know, sweetness really opened up. You could really get some great flavors. We've we've had this out for an hour, so, I mean, it's a... We've had it out of the fridge for a decent time. Right, but when we first started drinking it, mine was still much colder. Mine was still low 50s, I would say. And getting it into the 60s really opens this beer up. Now, if you had six glasses of this, <laughs> the six glass, you'd be pretty, uh, that's probably, pretty lit. That's probably what the story's about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to get away from Boulevard. And go to another Duval property, and that's Brewery Omegang. This is Three Philosophers, Belgian-style blend. This one is, however, noteworthy because it's from 2009. So I've had this one in the cellar and in the fridge for the last four years. So 2009 Three Philosophers. Now, it is a cur- the current one. I'm not sure whether this is... Uh, what's the 2009, but here's the, here are the stats for the current three philosophers if you purchase this. It's a 9.7% alcohol by volume, 19 IBUs, 21.5 degrees play note. Uh, yeasted with their, their Amagang house yeast, blended with 2% of the Leifman's Creek. It is malted with Pills, Amber, Caramel, Munich, and extra special malt, and hot with Spalt, Select, and Steering Goldings. So this is a blended quadruple. It's it's slightly different than the other ones because it actually it 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 takes a little bit of a creek to sort of add some extra fruity flavors to it. And creek is a cherry lambic. I didn't know they use. I mean, I I bet you Leafman's is also a Duval property. I didn't know they used Leafman's Creek. I would almost think that prior to the acquisition, it was not what was used, but. Probably that's probably true. Yeah, I don't know. Like this one might not, might or might not have Leafman's Creek in it, right? It might be cherries. This is still Duval, right? I mean, what's two thousand nine? It might. You're talking about twenty thirteen, three philosophers. Mm-hmm. Who knows when that was incorporated? I don't remember ever hearing that before when we've done three philosophers on the show i don't but the thing is that we have not had this kind of i mean the beauty of of doing the show now as opposed to you know seven or eight years ago Mm -hmm. is that brewers are much more willing to supply information right uh just on their website so we don't have to have jeff call them or email them while he's at work (laughs) (laughs) to get the information 
So you, it's unsurprising that cherry is one of the first things that comes up with a cherry lamp. Right. But, you know, the cherry is also complemented and augmented by some of the esters from the yeast. And, yes. And, you know, and the, the caramel malts, you know. It could very well have a cherry-type character to it without well, yeah. the cherries and the lambic added. I think they're both adding together to give you what you are smelling. With a nice, really, the, the fruity and, and slightly floral mm-hmm. notes mm-hmm. Uh, that come from those yeasts. So those esters are really, really pushing an interesting... Ooh, that really does smell delicious. I, and and uh, I think that aging, in ter- just in terms of aroma only, mm-hmm. is probably the best smelling three philosophers that I've smelled. Yeah, the cherries are a lot stronger than they're them. A lot, they're stronger, but they're giving you a lot of different characters. Like I'm smelling, you know, some some dried cherries. You know, with that saturated, you know, that saturated condensed fla- uh, flavor. But I'm also smelling something like cherry cheesecake. You know, I'm smelling. So that's kind of like a pie filling cherry, maybe with a little bit of of the graham. You know, I don't know what made me think cherry. Cherry cheesecake. Smell this and think of this. Gouda. Gouda. That kind of draws in the cheesecake thing, right? Yeah, you get right. A, you know something that's a brie or you know something that's between brie and cream cheese and gouda and you know something yeah. like that. You know, there's a little little touch of that. Okay, so here's your okay. So here's your characteristic dark fruit beer, right? This is this is trying to do those dark fruits pretty strongly with, with initially with the cherries, which are added as a, as a lambic. Mm-hmm. So you get those those right away. But what are those dark fruits? Well, there's definitely cherries. Um, there's a little bit of a plum note, a little bit. There is some strawberry there, right? I'm finding raisins is a big character. Raisins, good one. And, uh, I mean, the malt's there, but the malt kind of pulls away quickly mm-hmm. and, and lets these fruits take. And the the cherry, the actual cherries, takes a big part of the stage. Yeah. You know, they're like, hey, I'm a cherry lambic. Yeah. Here I am. And there's this, there's definitely this this tart cherry juice type character to the whole thing. I think you're right. The cherry is, is, is really a star. And, and I don't know whether that's necessarily true of, if you were being a 2013 three philosophers, whether it would be the, the case, but the cherry is really is, is belting out the, <laughs> the big music and the rest, including the malt is, is sort of taking a, a backstage, taking, right. Taking a background, but it, it's cherry. also well integrated, right? It's not like the cherries are out of place taking this spot you know the whole thing's well integrated where i've seemed to remember having some three philosophers where oh there's a cherry flavor and there's also this maltiness yeah and they're not really integrated well where this one seems very well integrated
I wish I was more up in my spirit because I could probably describe a spirit. Okay. That would be similar to this, but I'm not. Yeah, I mean, what's the ABV? Nine eight on this one. Yeah, so. nine seven in their in their current one. So, I mean, you know, I'm you know, you you think the obvious one. You think something like a port or a sherry or something along those lines, but those are not ones I've really had a lot of experience with. So. I don't know. They they tend to be relatively expensive getting a good porter sherry, so we tend to shy away from them and, and look for things that are more in our price range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't had enough different kinds of brandies and things like that yeah. to see what kind what how different fruits come through. You know, it's last in the flight, so the the alcohol is catching up with us. This one does appear boozy. I mean, not boozy in the flavor, but it has this gravity to it. You know, you're, you're feeling, I'm yeah. feeling it now. Yeah. You're starting to, to be like, okay. <laughs> and it's probably more so flight than this beer, but it's more apparent than this beer than the previous ones. So what's beyond that? There's, there's maybe a chocolatey syrup kind of thing. I mean, you know, if you go for molasses, it doesn't quite hit. But if you go for a more a slightly bitter, dark mm-hmm. chocolate syrup, okay. I think that's a better, that's a closer approximation. Like a um, black forest cake or something like that, right? The chocolates and the cherries yeah. and all yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of really iconifies part of that. And if you bring it back up, maybe sort of a, a there's even like a, a bit of a cinnamon bun. But like a, a really roasted cinnamon mm-hmm. bun, so it's not really you know it's not covered with that sweet frosting, and to be overly sweet. But there is definitely a sort of a cinnamon and and cinnamon bread component, but then it's really roasted, so mm-hmm. a lot of those melanoidins hit. Right. Hmm. Good show, my friend. I think so. We grab some good beers out of the fridge tonight. Thank this- you, Eric Johnson. From Kansas on supplying three of these beers. All right. Wow. <laughs> they all win. No, the some are slightly some are better than others though. So let's see what we can do here to rank these beers. I for me, I think the number one beer is a standout, and that is the Tank Seven. It just told such a story. Mm-hmm. Every sip, there was five or six different acts to the story and it it just nailed every single one of them loved it number two from here on down it gets tricky it does from here um hmm i think i'm gonna pull in the sixth glass is number two for a belgian quad you know it was it was it was just umptious, you know. There was just such great flavors yeah. and such pulled you in. It was, it was that fruit cake. It was basically fruit cake in a glass. More and, so, and than, kind of I loved to have a quadruple that didn't go in that plummy note and didn't mm-hmm. really, you know, dump dump in that cherry note too. That was really cool. Right. Three. Now it's getting even harder. They're all virtually a tie for me. Um. Mm, 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 mm. I feel like there's going to be a hard luck loser because since they are all virtually a tie, yeah, I'm going to put 
I'm fig- like I'm figuring out which aspect deserves to win out above the other ones. Yes. Uh, I am going to put I might regret this when I wake up in the morning, but I'm going to put the Long Strange Triple number 3. I didn't have a ton to say about it, but it was a very well done, very drinkable triple. Um I wish I could have found more words to talk about it, talk it up, but I enjoyed it. Number four, I'm going to do the Britannomyces Matilda. Uh, why? Because it was good. <laughs> oh. Um, I don't know. And then, yeah, so the Almond Gang is going to be the Hard Luck Loser. I liked it as much as the last two I just described. And it was probably one of the best three philosophers I have in in recent memory. The integration was superb. Lots of great stuff. I I just think I liked the Matilda was a little more drinkable. It took me a few sips to get into the three philosophers and find that integration. So I just think, you know, the Matilda was a little better, you know, a little more homey for me. So, all right, hold on a second. So, so your rankings. I just want to make sure I got those right because I was writing mine at the same time and realized <laughs> that's not a good idea. Yeah, it's it's uh, right to left here. So we got so tank you got seven, tank seven, six, six glass, glass, triple, Matilda, Matilda. three philosophers. Yep. Okay. Um, I like to go bottom up. Not always, but <laughs> I like to go bottom up. It would have been too hard for me to figure out the worst beer first. Uh, to me, um, the uh, worst is, is of course a strong term, it's but uh, the least awesome the, the the one that that falls into the fifth position tonight. Let me put it that way. Uh, is the triple? Uh, I you know appreciate what it was doing. I like a triple too, but the other ones were more complex and they had a lot more going for them and had really interesting stuff going on. So it, it you know it, it's a it's a it's a matter of flight in this case I think that causes it to to turn into the the, the fifth beer of the night, but not a bad beer by any stretch of the imagination. My number 4 is going to be the beer I currently have in my glass, the Three Philosophers. I really do enjoy it a lot. I think there's a lot going on here, but I think the other beers edged it out. There were more interesting things going on here, and, and while I like the cherry component of Three Philosophers, in in some sense, I have to I have to slightly uh, penalize it because it is using a lambic for blending, and it gets that, and it also you know, didn't have the complexity that the other ones had. And so now we're going into the real complexity, the complex ones. My number three is going to be the Matilda Lambicus. I liked it a lot, especially once we figured out, oh, it's Brett in there that's, that, you know, that's making it different. <laughs> that's why it smells like blue cheese. That, that added, it, it just, it added a lot to, to the experience. You know, having not, it, we've said this before, I'll say it again, Having some knowledge about what's going on helps you understand the beer and then helps you figure out what to taste. Now, I I love blind shows. I love doing things blind. But knowledge is a good thing. Knowing what to look for is a good thing. 
So it, you know, it helps understanding this beer and then, you know, pulling those things together. It but, sets the stage, right? Yeah. And Blanchos are great to show you misconceptions yeah. or, or things like that. But in general, yeah, setting the stage you drinking something blind, you might never get the right stage set mm-hmm. and you might never appreciate it. Where if someone just told you one little thing, like when you mentioned peaches, which beer had the peaches in? That was the Matilda, right? I believe so, yes. I was not taste I was not thinking peach. I was not thinking stone fruit at all. And as soon as Greg said it, all these tiles fell into place and it made so much more sense. My number two, uh, I agree with Jeff on, the, on, on number one, number two. But number two is Six Glass. Uh, lots of really interesting stuff going on in that quadruple. Beautiful beer, but uh, the Tank 7 was just fantastic. Tank <laughs> yeah, 7 was, was really, really a, a, a piece of work that I highly recommend. Um, it's, again, not a beginner's beer. Because I think there's is a lot of complexity into it, and so you know if you're looking for oh just you know hot bombs or stuff like that, but I mean I don't know I, I this is not it's not sour farmhouse is not sour but it's don't a, saying it's not a beginner's I'm not, beer I'm not trying I'm also not insulting beginners I'm just saying you need some experience before no. you can really appreciate I, I I'm worried I'm worried that that is. Two things. I'm worried that one thing that that is elitist. Oh, you can't handle this beer. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not an arrogant bastard person. I'm not right. saying you can't handle it. I'm saying right. that you won't, you probably won't appreciate it as much unless you have more experience drinking this type of beer. Well, I mean, that's slippery too because that's every beer. That yes. is, yes. you know, this whole exercising your palate is just like doing sit-ups you know you can't perceive flavors you know you have to learn to perceive these flavors yeah so i mean i'm not sure i would take that stance i would say i don't know i would just i would be very weary anytime you say it's not a beginner's beer well i mean think back to when you first started with capri and you had one of these would if you had if that was there would you have immediately said, "Oh, that's amazing"? I doubt it. If I, don't I had, know if it's true. If I, I had Jeff and Greg on the radio explaining what I was tasting, it would go a long way. Maybe, right? Maybe. So, I mean, we gave them an idea of what to look for and what, and like, so if they actually do this interactively, right, and drink the Tank Seven and listen to what we say, they'll be like, "Oh, you know, peaches," or "Oh, this," you know. It, it gives them some of those guideposts. I would hope so. And and that's why we're here, after all. Right, right. I, I don't know how people actually drink interactively, but I mean, I think there is a value of having somebody help you through these more complex beers. I agree. And I just I hate when I don't do it a lot, but like when you say this isn't a beginner's beer, it just really bugs me because okay, experience right. has shown sour beers. You know, Flanders I, beers. I you know, beginners. I don't think I've ever said that about sour beer. I don't think I've ever right. said this about a beginner's beer. I, mean, I have said that a lot about farmhouse beers because there are funky notes in there that that people may may be turned off by unless they really have uh, have tuned their palate to that sort of thing. Okay, I, it just scares me. 
We don't want to scare you. But we hope you enjoyed this episode of Craft Beer Radio. We are available at uh, beeratcraftbeerradio.com. Jeff is at, at Jeff Bear on Twitter. I'm at CBR Greg. We're also available at, at Craft Beer Radio. I think that's where we are, right? Yes. Yes, at Craft yep. Beer Radio. Google on Plus, Twitter. Facebook. <laughs> you got to make a lot of noise if you want to get our yeah. attention on those things, though. Uh, email us at beer at craftbeerary.com, uh, Greg or Jeff at craftbeerary.com. Yeah, you said, yeah, you're good. And uh, all of our show, it, it, with the exception of anything that has a music bed under it, is licensed with the Creative Commons license. Check our website for more information. And uh, craftbeerary.com slash Amazon. Amazon.com. No, nope. not Amazon.com. No, no. See, you're doing what I normally do. Radio.com slash Amazon. I'm just, I'm just trying to point out that Amazon.com doesn't work. Because if you go to that, it's a, it's a, it, it's a site that will steal your password. It's bad. But if you go to craftyradio.com slash Amazon, we have put security measures in there so they won't steal your password. And as a bonus, you'll help us out. And check out uh, our post show for Amazon Anonymous. Oh. Fun, 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 fun stuff. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I really do appreciate that you're tuning in. I kind of appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you get to be the only one who appreciates Uh, this? Well, you can appreciate it, too, but I do. It's just like, holy crap, you know, sometimes I just get (laughs) wishy-washy thinking about what's going on, and it's not going to turn into one of those endings. So I am out.